0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the We Shape podcast. I'm here with Tyler and our special guest is still here. Uh, Dr. Lisa Folden. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, I, you know, if you listen to the last episode, Lisa's here to join us as a co-host for a couple episodes. She came all the way out from North Carolina yes. to California to join us. So Nina is still out on maternity leave. So I thought what are we going to do? People don't want to just hear from Tyler and I. And then I was like, Lisa, will you come? And she said, absolutely. So thank you so much for being here.
1: I'm excited because we practically just did a podcast episode talking about the podcast episode. We
2: did. (laughs) yeah,
1: (laughs) So, you know, I think this is going to be a fun one. We don't have any guests today. Obviously, Lisa can be our guest and we can have a great dialogue. So what are we going to talk about today? Huh?
0: Well, you know, I, I, you know, being that you're a physical therapist and you're really kind of integrate, you have such a, an incredible understanding and background into toxic diet culture, toxic exercise culture, like kind of shifting the perspective and values of how we're showing up for things like our relationship with food, our relationship with movement. Mm-hmm. I thought I really wanted, you know, we, we talk a lot about toxic diet culture, yeah. right? like unsubscribing, from that intuitive eating. uh, But I feel like we talk less about sort of toxic exercise culture. Before when we were talking about this, you even gave a really good example of like, okay, I can unsubscribe from toxic diet culture, but then it kind of shows up on the exercise side. So I'd love to just start like, what what would you say, like how could we, what is your definition of toxic
2: exercise culture? Oh, that's a good question. I've never actually answered that. So I would say that toxic And there's degrees to toxic, right? I know it's like a buzzword right now. But toxic, this idea of toxic fitness or exercise culture to me is around the idea that movement is for the purpose of changing or modifying or even maintaining a body aesthetic. Mm. So when our movement goals are based in what our body looks like. It's going to get toxic. Mm, right. Period. That's, that's what happens with diet. Right? So, So very great
1: we way say, of answering that. Well, we say with diet, it's like, okay, we're eating a certain way so we can lose weight. That's where people get stuck, yeah. right? And then what we're trying to teach people is listen to your body, eat the foods that you want to eat. Um, and then when it comes to fitness, mm-hmm. they just go back and then just do cardio, pump their muscles. Yeah. And it's all an aesthetic, a, a goal, right? 100%.
2: Objective. Yep. Yep. So one of the
0: things I've been talking a lot about lately in, in terms of a way – it's hard, it's a hard thing to grasp, and it's very nuanced. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, one of the ways I've been trying to think about is if we take the aesthetic aside, okay, what are we left with? Yeah. And um, I, I've been using this kind of idea of if your 80-year-old self could choose a relationship with exercise, what would that be? Would it mm-hmm. be watching your steps, counting, you know, your calorie burn, um, pumping your muscles, like pushing through pain? Or would it be something like WeShape is offering, something that's rooted in movement, balance, flexibility, coordination, strength? Like, what would that be? And I promise you the 80-year-old version would probably pick Path B over and over and over again and – um, I I really don't believe, and I mean, you can tell us because you have actually clinical experience mm-hmm. in this. But I don't believe it's a matter of if we're going to have a movement dysfunction or pain. I just think it's a matter of when. When for sure. So I think that choosing a path of ballistic movements, pumping muscles, calorie, you know, pushing through pain. I think that that will maybe come sooner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and potential. I mean, we we we're we're going to actually get to have Dr. James Vega, and I'm excited for you to meet him. He's mm-hmm. a physical therapist mm-hmm. also, and he's like. I love those exercise programs. They keep my business going. Right. Right. (laughs) But I mean, how should we be looking at exercise? Like what should be the goal? And then like, how do we, I mean, we've also talked and we'll go down this path late in a minute, but like, we've also talked about, there's no real industry standard Mm -mm. for what quality exercise is and quality movement that's rooted in feeling. Yeah, Most, if not, I mean, almost all of the exercise products on the market today are all about Let's get your max calorie burn. Let's yeah. get max sweat. Let's get it's like I don't really feel like a lot of people are talking about you yeah. know, balance coordination,
2: flexibility. You yeah, know, I don't I don't feel like people are It's not about sexy. It. It's not I know. as exciting, I guess. It is to me as a physical basis, yeah. right? <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's real sexy. You can yeah. balance on one foot for fifteen yeah. <laughs> seconds. Yeah, you know <laughs> but that's me. Yeah. So yeah, I understand most of the things that, that are on the market that are talking about fitness and exercise, it is about maximizing what your body looks like, and maybe in some ways what it can do, and that that gets a little nuanced too, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're right, health exists on a spectrum. Some of us have been taught to believe it's black or white. You're healthy or you're unhealthy, and I can look at you and tell. And it's not true, right? (laughs) Health exists on a spectrum. You're gonna vary over the course of your life, ideally if you live long enough. So understanding and respecting the idea that sometimes my abilities are gonna be different. They're gonna be less. And that doesn't mean that I'm less. Mm. So it's the same thing we do with food. We're we're saying we're not going to create this uh, morality with food. We don't need to create a morality with fitness. Right. And we have to hold space for people. Sometimes your physical fitness is not the top priority. And I'm just going to put that out there. And I know, you know, We Shape is all about helping people move better and feel better in their bodies. But sometimes people are working on other things that are more pressing, more, you know, mental health, things that are like, in their face in that moment and guess what it's okay if you're not actively pursuing fitness and exercise today or tomorrow or next week like you need to have some flexibility and some grace around that idea too so
1: life gets in the way and one of my favorite things in the world is when i get on a coaching call with our members and somebody goes all right i just joined I got set up. I'm doing five days a week. How much rest do I need between my workouts? Well, you know, I'm like, okay, listen. The majority (laughs) of the people, when they approach a fitness program, do way too much, way too fast. And we end up in that race where it goes, we took one step forward, we got burned out, we take one step back. And you wonder why 30 years have passed and you haven't changed anything about how you feel in your body. You haven't improved your strength, flexibility, balance, or coordination. And it's because you do too much too fast. And I constantly love the conversation where I get to go, why don't you try just like, Press and play and doing the warm up and then turning the thing off. Yeah. And just do that like twice a week for like a month. <laughs> and then we can go on and start doing the movements. And then once we build a habit out of it and we're enjoying it and we feel good in our bodies, then we can add more volume over time. Mm-hmm.
0: I also just want to point out, and maybe this is like not a good thing. I don't know, because from a business perspective, I'm probably going <laughs> to go a different direction here, but. I also hate that we define like a workout by like a program. I'm like, I went on a hike with a friend and I had a great time and I moved my body. Like, yes. why does it have to be something that's so definable?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, here, here's mm-hmm. where I'm going to contest you. Oh, here right? we go. Here's here I'm going to contest Lisa's you. Right? In
2: the middle. Here we go. I'm ready for this. I've been <laughs> <right>. theater. <laughs>
1: I am such a huge fan of movement that brings you joy, such a huge fan. And when you study movement and you watch people do movements that bring them joy, most of the people are doing those movements with minor issues that are going to cause long-term pain and dysfunction. And so the ra- the rationale behind a structured routine that you're approaching at least some of the time, you're spending some of the time on it, is to learn how to move your body better so you can ensure that you feel better in your body. Um, you know, Mountain biking or running or something like that is a great example, where if you have a subtle valgus collapse, an internal rotation of your femur where your knee comes in, and it's very subtle, but you watch runners and like nine out of 10 runners have this. And this is going to wear down your knee joints faster than anything else or cause upward pain, lower pain, you know, down towards the ankle, up towards the hip, the lower back, even the shoulder, the neck, et cetera. And so that's where I think that structuring movement to become aware of, I'm in a human body, we're all different, but for the most part, we all should be moving generally the same way to protect our joints and to be able to feel good in our body for the long term. So that's where I think that Practicing mindful movement mm-hmm. is a good partner to practicing joyful movement. That's not necessarily mindful.
2: Okay, black, white, gray. I like oh, that. I like that. So I'm with you. Obviously, the physical therapy piece of it, and yes, movement dysfunction. I agree that creating structure in your movement is a great way. Some for some people to start. For some people, that needs to come later. And right. and I have to when I work with people, I have to kind of identify where they are on that that continuum. What I'll say about when we focus a lot heavy on the form, it's important because it prevents injuries. But also, sometimes there is a piece of shame or blame mm, yeah. that we don't want right? to. Yeah. Oh, I've been. You know how many clients come to me? I've been doing this wrong. I, I kept this is my fault. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Some things, yeah, we may may have been able to make changes. Some things are completely outside of our control. And so I prefer, that's where I kind of pull in what Katie is saying. The joyful piece of it and the component of like creating flexibility and something that you like and then just being kind and compassionate toward yourself. Because when you get real clinical and technical, like we can do right, it can be another source of, of shame of for shame. someone and feeling like, damn, I should have done better. I knew I should have got help. Or, and it's like, you know what? Let's just look at movement. So where I start a lot of my clients is from zero, like stop working out. And that's like blasphemous. Right. But just stop, like give it a week. And let's rebuild movement around something that brings you some sort of happiness. And it it may not be like a joyful filled frolic through the park or a hike. It might be. I really do like going to the gym and doing this fitness class because it's so much fun. It might be traditional. It might be very non-traditional. But we usually have to start over and start from ground zero because most people's introduction to movement was only about changing their bodies. Most of us have never entered this idea of like, let me work out to feel good. Like, we don't know that concept. (laughs) So, I mean, so what I hear you saying that is
0: probably the most important thing is it's not necessarily so much about what we're doing. It's about our relationship to that thing that we're doing. And so, like, you rather have somebody be a runner for their whole life and have so much joy and have an injury than someone fixated on the, the technical side of the movement and be beating themselves up the whole time. Yeah.
1: It, it goes back to the saying that I think I've repeated like a million times it's like show up for your workouts as an act of self-care mm-hmm. not as an act of self-judgment yes self-judgment is all about changing the way that you look and, and getting that validation self-care is that this is another analogy I think hits with people real nicely Is like we brush our teeth because we want to have teeth so that we can eat food right like we don't want to have cavities and have them rot and fall out of our faces right so we take care of our teeth yeah but like When's the last time you took care of your knee or your hips or your back or whatever, right? And Uh, it's so hard for people to just do little steps, partly because information out there is pervasive in that fitness is energy, 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 (laughs) input, output, right? Not movement. And so I think that's, that's the biggest thing I really want is just to... Bring more awareness to that, Mm -hmm. right? Because even though we can start somebody with joy and stuff like that, you can also give them like one thing Mm -hmm. that they might do that's more clinical that's going to help whatever the activity that they're supporting doing. And it could just be like one minute a day. Yep. You know, I love doing that, giving somebody a movement snack. One minute a day. They do that for a few weeks. Okay, cool. Now you're doing that and joyful movement. Yeah. Now let's expand that a little bit more. Right. Start building.
2: So it can be all of it. It can be all of it. And And it can be none of it. (laughs) and <laughs> you have to recognize where people are right because it's, it's individual like your fitness journey is not mine it's not yours like we all and so meeting people where they are and encouraging that that graciousness and kindness and compassion with themselves so they don't feel like because fitness is, you know, the way we see it is always comparing to something, someone. You see what he did to look like this, you do it. She did. And so taking all of the other people out of it and making it just about you and your personal journey mm. is is really the sweet spot. But it's hard because of the messaging and the things we see. And so I, I do have to pull my people away from like the gym setting a lot because it's really hard <laughs> to go in there and not get caught up in the toxicity. And that's why I think WeShape is actually such a great platform for that because it is just focused right on like movement and safety and, you know, coordination and balance and the stuff that really matters. Like what I see from clients. Right. If you don't have, you know, good core strength and good stability and the basic activities that you do in your life, like getting in and out of your car, going up and down stairs, like those are the things that will be problematic for you. The very basic things. And that's, you know, that's a problem if, you know, you don't want to have, additional injuries and issues you know later down the line which again no shame in that because you know our health changes over the course of our lives but if we can prevent something Let's yeah. prevent it. If we can feel better, let's feel better. You know.
1: Hey there, if you're enjoying the We Shape podcast and you've heard us talk about We Shape before, then you're probably thinking to yourself, hey, what is We Shape? Well, at WeShape, we create personalized at-home workouts for every single one of our members. These are workouts where every single movement is customized to you to help you connect with your body and care for your body in a much more meaningful way. We also have a community of people there to support you. To help uplift you as you examine your beliefs, set new intentions, and again, start showing up for yourself as an act of self-care rather than trying to do your workouts as an act of self-judgment. And hey, if you're a fan of the podcast, we also do a live podcast discussion group on Zoom as well as other Q&As as well as free challenges for all of our members to help you get motivated to actually start taking action to caring for yourself so you can feel better in your body and about your body. So, if you want to try WeShape for free for two full weeks, go to WeShape.com backslash podcast, and you can get started today. Yeah. I love that. I wanted to touch on something because, you you know, we talk about this, um, you know, toxic exercise culture, which I, I fully agree. I feel like it's not something that people quite understand yet. And I'm constantly thinking about ways to describe this. And I I feel like this is something I've been talking about more lately, which is, you know, what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the energy systems of the body, Mm -hmm. right? So what most people think of when they think of exercise and fitness is energy systems management. It's if I run, I burn calories, I burn calories, I burn fat, then I can change the way I look, right? But it's also pumping your muscles, right? So Mm -hmm. sitting down on a machine and doing three sets of 10, you know, biceps and then doing your shoulders and things like that. That's the same exact thing. You're you're exercising your mitochondria. You're tearing down your muscle tissue. You're trying to create that aesthetic change. Yeah. But what is that doing for you to help you get out of your car? What is that doing for you to help you walk up and down the stairs pain free? What we're trying to teach and what I'm trying to make sexy is movement. Yeah. Right. Is and what I mean by movement is this: we're not working on energy systems. We're working on. Um, our nervous system Ooh. working on our neuromuscular systems yes. it's the connection between your mind and your body and the ability for those to coordinate in a way that's appropriate mm-hmm. for your joints your bones your muscles your tendons your ligaments to so that you can yeah. enjoy movement for as long as possible mm-hmm. and it's such a different thing it's 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 the difference between like um Let me just go uh, uh, run on the pavement for a very long time. And, okay, let me see if I can balance on a wobble board on one foot. One is going to challenge your brain very intensely because you're using so much of your neurology to be able to create that balance. While the other is something you can do mindlessly, Mm -hmm. right? It's becoming mindful about movement instead of being mindless about movement.
2: Oh, I
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're, yeah, so it's what I hear you saying is that if you feel inclined to give this part of your life energy mm-hmm. and you, you're you doing it with the right intention. Okay, look, we're at that space. Now let's figure out what that is. Yeah. Right. Or you. Because there's different things that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the intentionality behind why we're doing something and mm-hmm. we don't want people to use we shape because they feel shame, blame, guilt, you know, yeah. we want people to like be in the right space. Um, but then when we are in that right space, like what, what would be a good idea in terms of us focusing our energy, right? Like, okay, I do want to feel good. I do feel like I'm not, you know, my intention is to connect with myself in a more meaningful way. And what we're saying is that most of the fitness industry is flooded with products yeah. that are like mindless, aesthetic based, uh, calorie burning, you know, n- mind body disconnection. Yeah. And what we're saying is like, oh, the body has such valuable information And we want to create a program that allows people to tap into that mind
2: body connection. It it, becomes intuitive. Yes.
1: Yeah. And to a certain degree, you feel your body. We're trying Mm -hmm. to get people to feel their bodies because at the end of the day, you can take somebody who's not currently exercising, who doesn't have great movement patterns, who then buys into like a running program or some sort of cardio type program, and you're actually, you might actually accelerate that person's direction towards feeling bad in their body. Yeah. Right? If you do 1,000 steps a day or 5,000 steps a day wrong, and then you up it to 15,000 steps a day wrong, you're going to wear out your knees three times as fast as Mm -hmm. before, right? And so it's really important that people understand that movement is the foundation of feeling good in your body, learning how to move your body the way the joints are meant to move.
2: And that's so hard because, and this is no shade. It is shade, but no shade to anyone directly. Throw some shade. (laughs) Throw a little shade. Um, There are so many... People in the fitness arena with no education, <laughs> not just on like the, you know, the high level, like intuition and, you know, mind body connection and all that. But like the basic, I can curse, right? But, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. The basic shit, like the anatomy, <laughs> like yeah. they don't know and they are telling you to do this thing and their bodies are their business card. So you're like, sign me up. And yes,
1: I, you know how many people whose bodies is a business card just won the genetic lottery and were an athlete in high school. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? One hundred. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. There, there is no industry standard. No. For quality exercise, our, in, our, our culture pushes us in the direction of. Not listening to your body, burning as many calories, get this pant size, get this number on the scale. And again, I just can't
2: stop thinking about that 80-year-old version of ourselves who's like, why would you do that to me? Why did you do that? That hurt. Why did we waste all our time? Yes. I always tell people, like, your headstone is not going to say loving mother and wife and she kept a small waistline because nobody (laughs) (laughs) because because at the end of your life nobody fucking cares about that nobody cares cares. it doesn't matter so if you think about all the brain space you waste thinking about it like what am I going to eat how can I work out harder and faster what new program can I do it's like it's so pointless and useless And, yeah, it's just it's just um, continued and perpetuated by people with no education on the body telling you what to do to make your body look like theirs. example of this this is I could work out with one of you or I
0: could go work out with a personal trainer who has a six pack who had a weekend certification and can show me their certification. But like those are very different. This is those are very different quality. You can
1: you can anybody listening to this right now. Can go spend like five hundred bucks or 1, bucks a thousand bucks and spend trainer. a weekend or two, and then you have a personal training credential. Yes. Right. And now I'm going to go even further with this, right? Because I'm a little bit atypical in a certain sense. I have a keen eye for movement, and I have a keen eye for geometry. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that allows me to see somebody move and say, "Well, I know how these joints are supposed to go in which directions these muscles are pulling, and so here's where you're going wrong with that." I have met people with a lot of education Mm -hmm. who understand anatomy at a deep level, but they don't have good eyes. For sure. They don't have good eyes. They can't see somebody's knee caving in when they're doing a squat. And so it's so nuanced. It's not just about education. It's making sure that not only does this person understand the information, but can they actually apply it to somebody who's standing right in front of them? Because if they can't, then they're just filled with knowledge, but they don't actually have any meaningful application to help somebody move better right then.
2: Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think you, you come from a better place if you have at least the basics of anatomy and the way the joints move in For function sure. because then, you know, there is some clinical education required, right? To apply it and understand it to help another person. But you're right. Like you can have tons of education and that just not be your thing. You know what I mean? It, because working with people in their unique bodies is really important Super and important. getting that experience with varying body types is really important. Most of what we see modeled is by a straight sized person. Same type of person. You can palpate all the things easily. I remember in PT school, you know, we, we use each other, right? And nobody really Everybody's wants,
1: young. Nobody's got injuries, right?
2: <laughs> right. It's all easy. Everything is, you know, you, you can just you can see everything you need to see right in front of you. But um, when someone is in a different body, like um, when we would have like guests come in or, you know, there was a young lady in uh, my PT program who was in a larger body. That was a challenge. And people were, y- you get scared. Like, I'm not going to be able to- help this person or see the things I need to see on this person, but, but that's, what, but people that's what people look like yeah. in real life. You know, we were, like you said, nineteen, twenty 20 year olds, very different. So that's what people look like in real life. And we do need to get comfortable in seeing and learning and identifying those movement patterns and issues in, the, in people so that we can help more people. You know, if this is the space you're in as a trainer or therapist or someone and, I just think a lot of trainers don't have that information. A lot of people in the fitness world don't have that information. People at the gym, like they've just been hired at the gym and they're trying to train people. And it's like, wait, stop. That is that's not okay. So
1: it's it's both. It's so big. And I think when you have when you have a movement based mindset as a coach or a trainer or a a therapist, um, what you're ultimately trying to do is like, let me help this person move the way i imagine them moving that will help them feel better mm-hmm. right so a really simple way to think about it is like a joint like the knee is a hinge joint it's supposed to move back and forth it's not supposed to have too much rotation or lateral movement side to side right so you used to watch somebody sit down in a chair and you watch their knee cave in you know and then like oh i have knee pain on the inside of my knee okay well this is pretty much why and then you start trying to coach them and you got this bag of tools and what's interesting is if you go through 100 people who have the same problem your bag of tools starts failing Right. And that's what I think the real magic happens is when you start to work with all different body shapes, all different ages, all different levels of injuries, coordination, et cetera. And you have your bag of tools and it works and it works and it works. Oh, now it doesn't work. And now you have to pause for a second. Yeah. How do I get this person to do what I'm getting to trying to get them to do? And you have to start thinking outside the box. Right. It doesn't necessarily come from like, let me show you. Maybe it's like, let me help you or let me apply pressure the opposite direction that I think and force you into those positions. Right. There's so many tricks you learn Mm -hmm. when you work with people, when you watch your typical stack of tools start to fail. Yeah. And it's trial
2: and error. And like you said, thinking outside the box and creating, you know, new pathways for you (laughs) to help people later. Because, yeah, we all get those cases where it's like, oh, okay, none of this makes sense. So what do I do now? So, yeah, I love that. I think that's a great part of being in a clinical setting where you get to work with people all the time and making sure you're seeing people, like I said, that look different than you and different than each other so that you can, you know, really test your
1: skills. (laughs) You you touched on something big, though, that I think is really important to Hammer Home. Your coach, your trainer's body, the way that looks is that shouldn't be the, the reason why you work with somebody. Never. Right. I have met people who eat burritos all day long and sit on the couch and have amazing bodies. Yeah. Right. And that doesn't mean they should be your coach. I think that what you Don't should be consider.
2: Burritos. That's like my <laughs> food over here. Burritos are great. Eat them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eat them every day.
1: My my point is I'm saying that like <laughs> y- you you might look at somebody and think that they're going to be qualified to teach you and, and they're just not. Right. What what I think people need to look at more is what is that person producing for other people? Yeah. Right. And so if you're showing up and you're like, oh, I hurt when I'm walking up and down the stairs and that coach can't help you in that moment find some sense of a better experience doing that movement then maybe they don't have the skills to be able to teach you how to do That's
2: that. That's when you go there to WeShape.com. <laughs> yes. No, that is facts. fact. I send my clients to WeShape.com. They didn't ask me to say this. I do. Your be- check's in the mail. <laughs> no, but because it's a safe Nobody platform for movement. Yeah. <laughs> you mean my direct deposit? check.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> Who has a check note? Um, no, but this is a big deal, because it's so easy to talk about diet culture. There's so many people talking about toxic diet culture. Mm-hmm. and. To me, it's because it's so obvious that this this crash dieting, this orthorexia, all the things that can happen negatively are very obvious. And yeah. they're they're negatively impactful on your health. But when somebody's like doing a bunch of cardio and losing weight, they're getting praise, they're getting praise, they're getting praise, they're getting praise. And nobody knows the difference between mindless exercise and mindful exercise. Well,
0: this is why I try to ask this question to myself all the time, regardless of what topic we're even talking about is, what is your intention with that? Why are you doing that? I just like ate the microphone. (laughs) Why are you doing that? Yeah. Right. And so I think we got to start there. Like you do. What do you what do you what do you hope to get? Mm -hmm. And I I think that question can take us a really long
1: way. So, yeah. But hold on. I want to say one thing about that. What is your intention? Right. And most people, when they start fitness, their intention is like lose weight, change the way their body looks. This is an intention rooted in self-judgment. Like, let's get real. It is. And self-judgment can take some people pretty far towards what they think they want, Uh right? And society will praise you throughout that process. Yeah. And I think what we're trying to do is bring awareness to that so that when you look in the mirror and go, I should join a gym, you pause for a second. You say, whoa, hold on. Let me say something that I appreciate about myself. Like, oh, thank you, body, for breathing all night while I was asleep and and allowing me to, you know, feel healthy and, and whatnot, right? Or wake up the next morning, right? And then you say, okay... I want to go start moving my body so that I can keep feeling good in my body or feel better in my body mm-hmm. for as long as possible. Like if we can just get people to realize that that analogy about being 80, if I could fast forward you there, you you would have wished you would have done things out of, as an act of self-care and not focus okay. so much on how you looked.
2: And I'll just just quickly add to that. My dad, uh, he passed away uh, years ago, but he was a fitness competitor. So I grew up with a bodybuilder father. He was the, yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. I I didn't think I knew that. Yeah. So he was the district manager for the powerhouse gym, the original one in Detroit, Michigan. And he, his life was working out. He lived at the gym. He worked out all the time. I watched him get ready to compete. He won Mr. Michigan in 1989 for the lightweight division. And I watched what he did. And I loved my dad. And I always laugh, like, what would he be thinking about what I do now? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
2: what the hell? But. My dad was a competitive person and he did well. He got praised for this body he sculpted. Mm. But I saw how he sculpted that body. My dad was eating baby food. He Mm. would eat baby food and he would work out all day long. And so we're praising the results. Like you said, oh, my God, look at you. Look at the chiseled perfection, the abs. this He's being judged literally by his body and then winning an award, a trophy, and money as a result. And so that is sort of what I say the majority of our fitness industry feeds off of this idea that it is in some ways rooted in competition for people and in getting the praise. And so undoing that is a lot. We don't even have time to to really talk about it. But undoing that is a lot and understanding that fitness and movement is not about the competitive piece. It's not about the praise you get from other people. I was in my healthiest body ever, larger than I had ever been, and I wasn't getting any praise for that. Mm. But you know what? I could praise myself Mm. and recognize Mm. in myself. I mean, I think a follow-up
0: thing that i would say to my what is your intention is like once you get that answer then the follow up question to that would be what do you really want and i think what most of the answers are is i want someone to love me i want someone to validate me i want someone to tell me i'm worthy of being in this world yeah and i've shared this story a couple times but i'll share it again um I had seen this one therapist for years and I started feeling like, oh, I got to pick somebody else. I'm too comfortable over here. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. So I went to see this woman. She made me deeply uncomfortable. And I just knew that I had to go to her. Like she was very feely and like wanted to talk about my childhood. And I was like, oh, no, you're not going to give me data, are you? When I
1: remember that you came yeah. back and you were like, dude, I went to this thing. And I like, no, I didn't expect. And it was like, and she, yeah.
0: one, so I started working with her. And one day at the end of our session, she looked at me and she said, I just want to make sure you know this because I'm not sure that you do, but you know that you don't have to do anything to have worth in this life, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the best mom. You don't have to have a successful business. You don't have to do anything. Your pure existence gives you worth. And I said, I got to get back to you on that. Like I, it was, I was like floored. And I just, I think about that all the time. But again, I think after we ask, like, what is my intention with this workout program? And you get that answer. It's like, what am I really trying to get? Mm-hmm. And anyway, I know we're out of time, yeah. but I just wanted to share that story because I think it's that's the root and the deep, the deep stuff that really create meaningful internal change. So, absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. Folden, for being here. It's always well, we such a for, like, pleasure. Like I know we, this, this could one. have been a three-hour episode.
1: We'll do a follow-up to this we're we'll do a follow-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do a talk follow-up. A yeah. yeah, love it.
0: All right, everyone. Well, uh, check us out at uh, WeShape on all social platforms at WeShape Podcast, where you can hear some of these clips. And if you have any questions or want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at podcast at WeShape.com. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to
2: WeShape.com challenge to sign up.